Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, whatever it is that y'all are up to this fine July 4th Independence Day. I sure do appreciate y'all giving me a little bit of your time, especially those of y'all that continue to join me here daily, and for those of y'all that continue to share the podcast with others, tell them about it, and help spread the word. Thank you so much. Hopefully, you get some useful information out of it. And hopefully it helps our country just a little bit. And helps y'all a little bit. I suppose those go hand in hand. We're going to sit on the porch today as opposed to our daily walk. I have two puppy dogs and one kitty cat here with me so far. Imagine that'll be all we get. But you never know. So I think for July the 4th, (laughs) it seems fitting to me to go through and read the Declaration of Independence. And then I have a few comments at the end, then I'll leave you alone to your parades and barbecues and whatever else it is that you're hopefully doing to celebrate today the birth of this great country. In Congress, July 4th, 1776, the unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America, when in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. That whenever any form of government becomes destructive to these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its power in such forms as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. And accordingly, all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer 
while evils are sufferable, and then to right them themselves by abolishing the form to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object, convinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty, to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies, and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. The history of the present King of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations, all having a direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. To prove this, let facts be submitted to a candid world. He has refused his assent to laws, the most wholesome and necessary for the public good. He has forbidden his governors to pass laws of immediate and pressing importance, unless suspended in their operation till his assent should be obtained. And when so suspended, he has utterly neglected to attend to them. He has refused to pass other laws for the accommodation of large districts of people, unless those people would relinquish the right of representation in the legislature, a right inestimable to them and formidable to tyrants only. He has called together legislative bodies at places unusual, uncomfortable, and distant, from the depository of their public records for the sole purpose of fatiguing them into compliance with his measures. He has dissolved representative houses repeatedly for opposing with manly firmness his invasions on the rights of the people. He has refused for a long time after such dissolutions to cause others to be elected, whereby the legislative powers incapable of annihilation have returned to the people at large for their exercise. The state remaining in the meantime exposed to all dangers of invasion from without and convulsions within. He has endeavored to prevent the population of these states for that purpose, obstructing the laws for naturalization of foreigners, refusing to pass others to encourage their migrations hither, and raising the conditions of new appropriations of lands. He has obstructed the administration of justice by refusing his assent to laws for establishing judiciary powers. He has made judges dependent on his will alone for the tenure of their offices and the amount and payment of their salaries. He has erected a multitude of new offices and sent hither swarms of offices to harass our people and eat out their substance. He has kept among us in times of peace standing armies without the consent of our legislatures. He has affected to render the military independent of and superior to the civil power. He has combined with others 
to subject us to a jurisdiction foreign to our Constitution and unacknowledged by our laws, giving his assent to their acts of pretended legislation. For quartering large bodies of armed troops among us, for protecting them by a mock trial from punishment for any murders which they should commit on the inhabitants of these states, for cutting off our trade with all parts of the world, for imposing taxes on us without our consent, for depriving us in many cases of the benefits of trial by jury, for transporting us beyond seas to be tried for pretended offenses, for abolishing the free system of English laws in a neighboring province, establishing therein an arbitrary government, and enlarging its boundaries so as to render it at once an example and fit instrument for introducing the same absolute rule into these colonies, for taking away our charters, abolishing our most valuable laws, and altering fundamentally the forms of our governments, for suspending our own legislatures, and declaring themselves invested with power to legislate for us in all cases whatsoever. <coughs> he has abdicated government here by declaring us out of his protection and waging war against us. He has plundered our seas, ravaged our coasts, burnt our towns, and destroyed the lives of our people. He is at this time transporting large armies of foreign mercenaries to complete the works of death, desolation, and tyranny already begun with circumstances of cruelty and perfidy, scarcely paralleled in the most barbarous ages and totally unworthy of the head of a civilized nation. He has constrained our fellow citizens, taken captive on the high seas, to bear arms against their country, to become the executioners of their friends and brethren, or to fall themselves by their hands. He has excited domestic insurrections among us and has endeavored to bring on the inhabitants of our frontiers, the merciless Indian savages, whose known rule of warfare is an undistinguished destruction of all ages, sexes, and conditions. In every stage of these oppressions, we have petitioned for redress in the most humble terms. Our repeated petitions have been answered only by repeated injury. A prince whose character is thus marked by every act which may define a tyrant is unfit to be the ruler of a free people. Nor have we been wanting in our attentions to our British brethren. We have warned them from time to time of attempts by their legislature to extend an unwarrantable jurisdiction over us. We have reminded them of the circumstances of our immigration and settlement here. We have appealed for their native justice and magnanimity, and we have conjured them by the ties of our common kindred to disavow these usurpations, which would inevitably interrupt our connections and correspondence. They too have been deaf to the voice of justice and consanguinity. We must therefore acquiesce in the necessity which denounces our separation and hold them as we hold the rest of mankind, enemies in war, in peace, friends. We, therefore, the representatives of the United States of America and General Congress assembled 
appealing to the supreme judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions, do, in the name and by the authority of the good people of these colonies, solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states, that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British crown, and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved, and that as free and independent states they have full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all other acts and things which independent states may of right do. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Well, that's it, folks. <laughs> that's how it all started, more or less. I suppose it started before that. But that was our Declaration of Independence by our founders. If you go back and listen to that, or if you go back and read through it on your own, you'll notice a number of very troubling similarities between the lists of evils perpetrated by the king and many of the actions that we see today promoted by the left in general, not just national leaders, but the people that support them. That's why that comment there was so so important and so so noticeable that we mentioned in our declaration, you know, it's not just the king that we've tried to talk to, but our fellow, fellow British citizens. And, uh, and it didn't do any good. And we're at that point again today, folks, just in a little bit of a different way. As you look at those, if you go back and listen to this again and, and talk to your friends and neighbors and children about this or parents and try and remember for just a little bit today what we're really celebrating. I want to I want to make one comment uh, although you can make a lot of comparisons about the evils on that list and today it all boils back down to folks the divide we see today is those people that cling to our founding faith and principles, which this lists out a number of them, based on the teachings of Christ and those people in America today that reject them and, and seek to turn America into a godless state controlled by men of the state. And, and really, when you get down to it, how this breaks down is that the divide today is, in a lot of ways, is between people who admit that they're sinners and they make mistakes and need forgiveness and have to seek repentance from an authority that's greater than themselves versus those who refuse to even acknowledge that they sin or that that, that, that sin is a sin. We all sin, folks. And there's forgiveness for everything at the foot of the cross. 
All these things that I talk about from time to time on this podcast, from abortion to no-fault divorce to LBGTQ relationships to the bigotry and racism that we see so rampant today, there's forgiveness. But we've got to admit that we need it. We've got to admit that we've been wrong as a nation and, and is, as individuals and, and turn back to Jesus Christ as both. This is not a reconcilable divide as is. If, if the left refuses to change their hearts and minds as the British did and the Tories did and as the South did in the Civil War, and you can make the argument for the, the German population in the 1930s, if there's no change in heart and mind, then the divide is irreconcilable. You, you can't have a people, have some people refuse to admit what's wrong is actually wrong, or even worse, to call what's wrong right, or to call evil good, coexist in the same country with people that acknowledge that evil is evil and good is good. And I saw one last post recently I'll leave you with today, folks. As you celebrate today, and we need to celebrate, we need to make sure, especially for those of us that have parents or have younger children that look up to us as an example, which might mean that you've got a younger sibling that looks up to you, you need to make sure that we're celebrating today. America based on her foundational values. America the way she can be. Not the America that the left tries to sell today or the America that the left is trying to turn our republic into. Celebrate our foundational principles, our faith, all based on God in the Bible. As Washington, our very first president, said, it's impossible to rightly govern without God in the Bible. Celebrate those foundational principles today. Celebrate freedom and liberty, acknowledging our need for God and the fact that we can only have liberty where the Spirit of the Lord And celebrate it unapologetically, folks. Don't, don't clarify it or qualify it or try and quantify it or put it in a little box and then and then beg forgiveness for all of these other problems or quote-unquote sins that the left claims. Just celebrate America as, as the greatest nation the world has ever seen because of our relationship with God and Jesus Christ. And I'll leave you with that. Thank you for joining me, giving me a little bit of your time today. I hope you all have a wonderful day, a wonderful Independence Day. God bless you all. God bless your families. And as always, God bless America. We'll talk to you all again real soon, folks. Looking forward to it.